It is Friday, so I need to kick off the weekend the same way I have since the end of 2019 with an all-star entrepreneur. The tech talent shortage gap is the widest it's been in his 35 years. How do we turn this around and include everyone in the prosperity? Lake Kroger is here to help. He is the president of Knight's Moves, a limiting profit company creating the next generation of elite technology professionals through extensive training in technology disciplines with an intentional focus on including Native American, rural, and urban underserved communities. We're going to discuss a whole lot today. We are also going to touch on why operate as a limiting profit company versus nonprofit, how sustainability self-funds its social benefiting mission, escaping the federal agent and foundation nonprofit funding system that stifles social innovation, strategies to address the skyrocketing cost of college and the lower college attendance rates of minority and rural populations, and so much more. Link's passion for fighting social inequality led him to leverage his 35 years in enterprise technology experience to create a solution to help the level the playing field while also delivering technology solutions for the world's most important causes. It was impressive for me to learn that this guest was assigned by Governor Kim Reynolds to her Empower Rural Iowa Task Force and has been identified as, quote, the most innovative leader on bringing tech jobs to rural in the nation by U.S. Congress member Ro Khanna, representing Silicon Valley. Stay tuned for an awesome spotlight story at the halfway point. We have a great article ahead. Lake, you ready to go? Ready to go. Thanks, Vincent. All right, let's kick off the show. Why did you become an entrepreneur? Well, you know, my background is more like an engineer, right? Analysis paralysis. And I, I spent most of my career overthinking things and you know, being very waterfall centric and I'm, I'm 54 years old. So I got, you know, started back in the punch card days with computers. <laughs> remember that far. Um, and when, you know, agile came along, well, in fact, I remember when my, my CIO told me back in the, back in the late 1990s that there would be no software developers in the United States. And you either needed to uh, convert into another job skill. that's not technical or you need to go somewhere else. Uh, because the belief was it was all going to be offshore or was all going to be, yeah. you know, modeled and tooled. So I transitioned my career away from actually the computer science software development itself, but staying in IT. Okay. Um, but he was dead wrong. Uh, but the reason he was dead wrong that software development would die is, you know, we used to when we created pro software products, we would take a bunch of require. You know, you went through this requirement analysis phase, and then you you locked the requirements and you sent them over to the development team. And, you know, a year later, they'd come back with this system that didn't work. And, you know, you'd go back and forth and then agile developed, right? Extreme and agile and lean and these techniques of how do you do something really small, right? Take an MVP approach. And that whole aspect, that transformation of moving toward agile and extreme and lean um, really just totally transformed me because all of a sudden you could take someone like me who's more of an overthinker, overanalyzer, and I can be entrepreneurial because I can give my uh, self permission to try something knowing that it will fail, but that's okay. Do it in a short segment, learn, pivot, persevere, kill. So, um, you know, that that's really kind of my biggest aspect for me is, 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 you know, an entrepreneur that gets me excited is just the ability that I can fail and it's okay. This segment is sponsored by Bedrock Business Builders. 
a small business startup specialist. Start, build, manage. I love the passion that I'm getting through the screen here. Entrepreneurs, you're going to fail time and time again. It's something I learned that I'm going to fail a hundred times before I succeed once. In air quotes, of course, every failure is a learning lesson. Thank you for kicking us off, Lincoln. To everyone tuning in, thank you for stopping by. It is That Entrepreneur Show, and my name is Vincent A. Lancey. I'm excited to connect with Link. We've been going back and forth with emails, trying to nail down a date. We finally did, so I'm real excited to bring everything he can offer to you, the listeners. He's got a 35-year career, transition to entrepreneurship. There are so many valuable learning lessons along the way even recognized by several members of Congress. So congratulations, Link, on all of your success. I'd love to kick off the show by asking you, what are some of your greatest lessons learned in entrepreneurship? Well, yeah, I'll build on what I what I just said there, right, is, is it's okay to fail, right? It's okay to start that you assume you're going to do it wrong. Uh, an example is, the initiative uh, that I lead now with Night Moves, and it's night like a chess piece, not like the Bob Seger song, um, is uh, when I first started working with students, like high school students, you know, there's a very low percentage of students in high school that are interested in a career in software development or technology, right? Like yes. if, if a university goes and presents to students, they'll normally get a one or 2% hit rate to get them excited. And you know, and I said and go, why isn't everybody excited about doing something in technology, right? And there's just so little excitement for it. So I just went out and started presenting to these high school students and failing on why they should care, why they should take a different approach that's 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 our approach. And and frankly, it took um it it took several months of iterations to really fine-tune and listening to their feedback of what they do and don't care about to really get it to where now. Um, you know, I can walk into about any high school age group and get 30 to 40 percent of that group to say, wow, I had no idea I'd be interested in technology and a career in it. What do I do next? What's my next step? Um, so I just love that that ability to go out and 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 be able to fail at something, but fail yourself forward. Love that. Failing yourself forward. There's no textbook in entrepreneurship. And if you've tuned in a lot, you've heard me say that there's no right way to do things it's kind of just plugging in pieces trying to improve each time you do something failing forward is okay because it will give you so much more in return thank you for kicking us off like now let's talk more about your current business that you are the founder of yeah so you know simplistically what we do vincent and again i think i already shared with you um you know kind of a analysis paralysis over engineer so Keeping my answers really concise is uh, is challenging me, but I'll do my best. Um, but but succinctly, what we do is we have a training program that when you go through this program, you're actually better prepared for a career in software development than getting a four year degree. Okay. And um, so, someone finishing our program, uh, a Fortune 500 company would say they save twenty five to thirty five thousand dollars hiring our graduate over a four year computer science graduate. Um, but our program is exclusively f focused on those people who need the help the most, right? Urban underserved, uh, Native American and rural communities. And we're very community centric in what we do, meaning, you know, let's go into a community and let's create in this community 15, 25, 50 high paying jobs a year that stay in that community. Um, so we also do a whole set of services in the technology industry 
that as we do those services, instead of making profit that we keep and make the owners rich, that's not our mission at all. And it gets back to the limiting profit. We take that and we invest that money into our social benefiting mission. But that's really what we do is the training program, uh, the services. And um, but as a really important layer to that training program, when you come through our program and you're trained, um, a vast majority of that time, minimally six months, you spend on a team doing real world projects, creating production software, and your whole focus is on, you know, the whole scalable, secure, right, um, usability. It's it's all the, if you were at Google or Microsoft, you'd, you, you could walk off our team and walk onto one of their teams and be building software with, with you know, in line with how they do it. But what we do, and this is another aspect of how we recruit young people into this, is our whole training program, once you get to the real world, creating real technology, is creating solutions that are social benefiting, meaning, um, you know, instead of an Uber or an Airbnb or an Amazon.com platform, we're creating technology that would help um, end hunger or um, help women coming out of sex trafficking or drug addiction or anything you can think of in the space that's nonprofit, we will focus on those solutions. In fact, if you go to our website and you click on the problem hunter link, if you have an idea in society that if, hey, if there was an innovation in that area and somebody built it, the world would be a better place. We'll look at those and actually they could be one of our projects we put our teams on to, to actually build out and then make the world a better place. And then we charge nothing to those nonprofits who we transition them to at the end. Uh, we don't charge them anything for it. I love that. Like you're doing great work. Thank you for all the work you're doing for all these communities. Everyone stick around to the end of the show. We're going to find out exactly how to find out more about Lake, find out where to find this problem solver link on his website. That's such a powerful service. If you have a community in need, be sure to reach out to Lake. They're doing great work over there. Now, before we hop into this week's spotlight story, we're going to ask Lake, what are some of the more challenging areas of entrepreneurship for you? Well, well, for me is I, I have a new idea of the day. So how, how do you get more focused on completion than, than starting something new? Um, uh, I just, you know, every day you wake up, you go, oh my gosh, we could be solving this problem. And when you work in the area of social benefiting, there's no end of problems in, in the world and society, right? You can look any direction, turn on your TV, right? And you're going to see something you can say, I could fix that. We could help that. We could go do something. I'd say the next most challenging is really surrounding yourself with the right people. So, you know, the group that I hang with, none of us care about money. Now, obviously money is important, but every startup, every, every aspect of everything we do is really around how to make the world a better place. And, you know, most of the startup community, there's a, there's a, you know, I, I'm not, this is not a knock on entrepreneurs and startups, but when you're working in the tech of startup world and especially the investors, there's more discussion on the money than there is the impact. So is making sure for us that we're around that group of people that are really about um, making the world better versus just, you know, how do we make a hundred million dollars in some, you know, when we go public or whatnot. I love that. It's obviously one of those shiny object things. People want the quick fame, the Amazon pop, the this, but the work that you are doing behind the scenes is arguably how much more valuable link you know you're helping so many people i really want to thank you for that and now i think it's a great time to hop into this week's spotlight story and as we have this expert in social missions on the show today i found an article from forbes titled 14 effective ways to tie a social mission into your business and then we're going to get link's take on it 
We'll dive right into this, and I chose this because of our guest's incredible experience in the area. You heard him talk so much today all about making a difference, and this article is going to help you do the same thing. We're going to go over a few of these effective ways that get links take on it. But first, I am going to list all the 14 ways they explain. Focus on relevant missions. Get employee buy-in. Take a purpose-first approach. Appeal to the masses. Ensure fit. Guys, these are things that we've been talking about with Lake all episode long. Start small. Provide clear communication. Be authentic to your brand. Integrate the mission with your core industry and markets. Establish clear values. Root decisions in positive impact. Add more product information. Attach customer insight to your listings and build a community. Let's dive into a few of these before we bring Lake back on. I think we might as well start right at the top. Focus on relevant missions. An effective way to increase awareness and gain organizational buy-in is to identify and focus on social missions that are uniquely relevant to a particular industry. For example, many housing providers in the apartment industry are focusing their resources on providing assistance to individuals who are not able to cover their rent payments during the pandemic. Another one we'll touch on is appeal to the masses. Start by selecting a social mission that is not polarizing and as neutral as possible. Inevitably, if you select a social mission that is too polarizing, you will potentially ostracize a large group of customers. Do your best to select a mission that appeals to the masses rather than your own personal narrow views. One more we'll touch on before bringing the champion Lake Kroger back on the show is establish clear values. It's all about value alignment across your organization and with your customers. Establish clear values within your organization and ensure your entire organization is aligned to these values. This includes the board, the board of directors, excuse me, leadership team, employees, contractors, and vendors. Build your business around customers who share those same values. Naturally, your brand and product portfolio will follow. Link, what are some of your takeaways of this write-up? Well, you know, the first is establish clear values. Anybody in the agile space, um, you know, you always start with a value story. Um, and, I, you know, I've done a lot of in the consulting space, and it reminds me I was consulting for a client who was a nonprofit. And the uh, this executive brought me in and he said, I'm, I'm about to get fired. And the reason is me and my boss can agree on nothing. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, you know, when you get into an argument with your boss, it's uh, it's their way or the highway. Usually, you know, when it gets, when it gets to be that bad, but anyway, what it really came down to is this, this principle right here is since they were a nonprofit, you know, when you're a for-profit, it's pretty easy to sit down and, and align. Is there an ROI, right? When you prioritize your work and where do you put your effort, but in their case, they were a nonprofit and they could, you know, when you start talking about, things that impact society, how do you put um, how do you put value on that? So what we actually did is we actually came up with a, a criteria-based value currency to where they could all agree on how did they actually measure the value that they were creating um, as they looked at different portfolios of projects or investments. And it and it really worked for them because they they were able to get out of their opinions and just get to the value, right? Which is really the point of it is stop talking about what we really just think is important to me and go, what's really valuable. So um, yeah, everything starts with the value story. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in there and say, couldn't agree I, with that more. I love it. That we're trying to provide value to our consumers. 
right? In our businesses, everyone listening on, we want to provide as much value as possible. How are you standing out? Why are someone going to use your service? Link's explained exactly how he's doing so all episode long. Link, thanks for a great analysis. But before we sign off, I have to ask for some more advice for our audience. If you could choose any app, book, workshop, tool, anything to help our community of entrepreneurs grow, what can you recommend? Uh, for me, it would be Lean Startup. And uh, the reason for that is it's what gave me permission to fail, right? Because it's like, you know, go. It's about getting feedback loops, right? It's not about how great your idea is. It's about how great everybody else's ideas are once they see it, right? Put it out there, MVP, you know, learn. Um, so for me, if, if you're really, again, analytical, um, then it's, uh, I think, a, a fantastic book to help free you to, to become an entrepreneur. Thank you for the recommendation, everyone. Be sure to add that to your book queue. And Link, it's time for my favorite question because I learned so much about each guest. Which entrepreneur are you choosing to sit down with throughout history, dead or alive? Uh, I'm going to probably surprise you, and I bet no one's ever said this one, but it's the honest to goodness one I would talk to is Gene Simmons from the band Kiss. Let's talk about it. And uh, so I... Um, so I'm old enough to remember when, you know, KISS came out. They were like one of the biggest phenomena of the 70s, right? And 80s, and they're they're still around today. And if you really look at how they did it is uh, Gene and, and Paul were such uh, entrepreneurs at how they looked at things. You know, it wasn't just their outfits. It was every aspect of what they did was so groundbreaking, yeah. from an, taking music and taking an artist. Uh, and their music initially really even wasn't that good, right? It's just they really knew how to be entrepreneurs and take concepts to, to new levels. So um, I just love when you get somebody who's an artist um, who, who can really be entrepreneurial too and not just your traditional people. I mean, you look, they're what? They're, they're in the top 50 bands who've sold the most albums ever in the world, Right. And, uh, you know, who would have who would have thought that? And it's really not because of their music quality, although music quality is great. Right. No one to knock them. But it's really their their ability as entrepreneurs and how they brought it to the industry. I love it. Let's delve deeper. Where is this meeting going to happen if you could choose that too, like where? Well, it'd have to be Detroit Rock City. Right. If you know the history of, of kids. Love the selection. And with that link, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join our community of entrepreneurs. I had a great time learning your journey, and I know our audience will too. Where can everybody find more about your company and more about all things Link? Yeah, uh, go to nightmoves.org. And again, it's night like the chess piece, uh, .org at the end. And there's a great two-minute introduction video right on there, and you'll, you'll, you'll get a really great background, and you can really everything on the website. And there's a contact us if you want to learn more. But that's uh, it, it does a really great job of going through what we do and who we are. Excellent, Link. Well, thank you for sharing that. Everyone, be sure to check out all of his great content. And I am at Vincent A. Lancey on YouTube and all social media. The show is at That Entrepreneur Show and hashtag That Entrepreneur Show. Be sure to check us out. And with that, we will see you next week on That Entrepreneur Show. Link, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Vincent. It was awesome. Thanks.